0: Welcome to Kraken This Morning, a presentation of the Kraken Audio Network and Sports Radio 93.3, KJR-FM. Here's Mike Benton.
1: Kraken Florida Panthers, it's happening. Tonight, 7 o'clock face-off at Climate Pledge Arena, and we have coverage for you opening up at 6.30 with the Coors Light pregame show across the Emerald Queen Casino. Kraken Audio Network. Again, happy Tuesday to you on this. December 12th for Kraken This Morning. I'm Mike Benton and we have ever Fits you right around the corner, play-by-play on the Emerald Queen Casino Kraken Audio Network on how the Kraken finally get out of the exit route from this A-game winless skid, the importance of the first period and Joey Decor taking over with Philip Grubauer on the shelf, plus much more, including Doug Plagans on the other side for the Panthers Radio Network, where Florida appears to be picking up right where they left off. Plus, not Matthew Kachuk, not Alexander Barkov, but a name that you will want to hear and could make a major impact in the scoring race this season. His name is Sam Reithart. More on his impact in the lineup coming up here as we get set for the second of two meetings between these two teams. The Kraken aiming for a 1-1 split head-to-head. They lost 3-2 in Sunrise in the first meeting of note. Jared McCann coming in with a four-game point streak against his former team. Two goals and two assists during that span. The Kraken know to get back into the win column, to get back into an offensive rhythm, and to get back into the playoff conversation. They're looking for scoring across four lines. McCann, one of the headliners, they would love to get him going. Last time out, the Kraken dropped a three-nothing loss to Minnesota in game three of the six-game homestand on Sunday. Offense was hard to come by, but not for a lack of trying and not for a lack of goaltending, especially in the first 15 minutes before we get to Everett and Doug. Here's more on what the Kraken did between the pipes on Sunday against the Wild.
0: Through center ice, Connor Dewar now to the far side, a big heavy shot from Bogosian, and that one handled and held by Joey Decord for the whistle, 15:03. Left here in the first period, no score. I think that might have been our first whistle of the period so far. This uh, this game is uh, right out of the cannon at uh, quite a pace so far. Back and forth. Sets up behind the goal line. Minnesota up top. John Merrill, the heavy shot right on. And Joey DeCord makes the same. Sensuals on Yanni Gord. Gord dropping behind him, strand just overstepped it, and away comes Rossi, down the right side, Rossi shoots, big save by Joey Decord, put back on the goal, on the near side, as that was Pat Maroon, it turned away, and now the Kraken will force Minnesota all the way back down the ice. They got Maroon shot. Save by Joey Decord, he keeps this a one nothing game. Now Kaprizov pulls it off the wall. He'll give it away though, as Vince Dunn will take it, and the Kraken will slide this one ahead. It gets to throw His shot right on, turned aside by DeCord, and the rebound put behind the net by Hartman. Seattle back to full. Minnesota on the offensive attack. Puck comes off the post, oh, oh, oh. and Joey Decord makes the save and holds on. <laughs> he squeezed that puck between his toes, partner.
1: Okay, is tonight the night. The Kraken finally get back into the win column. They take on the Florida Panthers' second matchup of the season to bring us holiday cheer and hockey cheer. Of course, your favorite, my favorite, ever. If it's you, radio play-by-play voice on the Emerald Queen Casino Kraken Audio Network. Fitz, thank you, my man, for doing this. We sense frustration. We sense fatigue out of this eight-game winless skid. There's still plenty of season to go. There is still light at the end of the tunnel in all of this. There is still another game to start rewriting a new script. How have you been feeling last couple of weeks?
2: You know, I think for me, the frustration is definitely there. And and as as someone who's around the team and as close as we are, you can't help but sympathize and, and commiserate with everyone, right? You know, you see players, you know, their comments after games, you feel that as well, but I think what I'm taking from this is, if if you look at this team's last five, six games, all right, we'll take away the Chicago game uh, to start off that road trip uh, a couple weeks ago, you've got Toronto, you've got um, Ottawa, you've got Montreal, and then you have New Jersey, you have um, uh, Tampa, you're playing well in these games. You're you're giving yourselves opportunities in these games. And I think every game, with the exception of maybe the Montreal game, you're in every game, you're getting the chances, you're out shooting teams. I mean, how many times have we seen pucks go through creases, bounce off of sticks? We had two goals called back over the last handful of games yes. for whatever reason, right? So and, and, and this has been the frustrating part all season long because if this Kraken team were losing games 6 nothing, you know what I mean? If they were just getting blown out every single night, we could say, all right, you know what, this is who they are. But that's not who they are. This is still a very competitive hockey team. This is still a hockey team that is largely um, intact from last season. You have that core still in place. A few guys are still trying to find their stride, trying to find their rhythm, but it's not for lack of trying. And I think that's what makes this current stretch even more frustrating. Is that the effort is there, the hard work is there, the intensity is there, but you know, to, to quote Kraken head coach Dave Axtall, you know, you, there are no moral victories in this league. And unfortunately for Seattle, there's been a lot of moral victories in the last couple of weeks, but they've not translated in, into actual points and victories uh, in the standings.
1: They're looking for their first lead in the first period since the San Jose game. Do you think anything changes yeah. in the opening 20 minutes?
2: You know, that's the thing. What do you change? Do you put the lines in a blender? Um, do do you move guys around? For my money, I'm willing. I'm willing to try anything. I, I think for me, really, you're only untouchable is going to be the the Gord uh, Tolman in line and mm-hmm. the law firm of Dunn and Larson. Right? Those are the only two groupings that I, I would say are untouchable, but I would not be opposed to seeing something, you know, mix up. But I think something has to happen. I don't envy Dave Hackstall or or any of the assistant coaches the leadership group that that, that is working so hard to, to try and find ways to to spur some offense and, and to keep spirits high but you know I, I do think with this Florida Panthers team you played them well in their building um, and, and again going back to the last handful of games the Kraken have been in each one and again the Montreal game probably you, you can throw that one out the first period against Tampa not their best but that was probably one of the biggest bounce backs that we've seen this season out of that team. So um, the first 20 minutes are going to be huge. I mean, Florida, they've won. They've got points in six of their last seven games. A number of guys are on point streaks, or on hot streaks, you know. So this is not going to be an easy game by any stretch of the imagination. And also, too, if you're the Florida Panthers, You know, you're coming off of an emotional game out in Columbus two nights ago, and now you're starting a West Coast swing that'll take you through Seattle and Western Canada. So, I mean, you're on the road for a little bit here uh, before you're back home prior to Christmas. So I think for Seattle, you want to jump on this team early as they begin. um, I guess they're at the beginning uh, of of a pretty lengthy road trip for them.
1: Last time the Kraken saw the Florida Panthers, that game in Sunrise, they built a lead. Joey DeCord looked pretty well, and then the unfortunate bounce off the glass as far as where he went behind the net cost them that game. He took over for Philip Grubauer and then had to play the whole game, of course, two nights ago with Grubauer now on IR. And the loudest cheers Sunday where basically every time he faced a shot on net and came up with a big save, what's the meaning of his game for what lies ahead, you think, for this team and maybe even his workload as well in the near future?
2: Well, I mean, we we still don't know how long Philip Grubauer is out, right? Is he out for another two days? Is he out for two weeks? Is he out for two months? Right? We don't know. He's on IR, uh, so that minimally keeps him out through this week. But after that, we don't know. We've not gotten any official word from the team yet. But I think if I'm Joey DeCord, in my mind, I'm saying, "Hey, I'm the starter. I am this team's number one goalie. I'm going to prepare. I'm going to go into every game like this is my net because it is." And listen, Joey DeCord, the, the reason why the Kraken have been, I think, successful in a lot of areas is because of the goaltending. I understand that. The, the save percentage isn't as high as a lot of people would like, but in today's NHL, if you have a 900 save percentage, that's pretty good. Yeah. Gone are the days of nine four, nine five, nine six save percentages, right? That doesn't happen anymore. So you know, there's a lot of talk about oh, does Grubauer have it? Does the court have it? Their save percentage or sub 900. Look around the league. I I would be willing to bet most starting goalies, you know, there really are no starters anymore. It's all 1A, 1B. There are a lot of goalies around the league who, aren't hitting that 900 mark. So I think for Joey Decord, the way he moves the puck, he plays the puck well. I understand that, you know, he, he gives uh, gives some fans heart attacks from time to time, but it's what makes him so dangerous. And I think the big thing for Joey Decord, and really for the defenseman in this game tonight, is going to be the communication. And then you have to communicate, you know, I'm, I'm going to play the puck. or you, know, you take it. We saw that. Um, a couple of games ago in Montreal. Let's play behind the net. Joey Decord, Will Borgen. Uh, you get it. No, you get it. Ends up in the back of the net, right? So that's a rare, or I shouldn't say rare, it's a learning moment for, for this team. But if I'm Joey Decord, my mindset is, this is my net. I'm the number one goaltender on this team. until so... Uh, told otherwise. and We've seen Joey Decord play some really big games. He's come up with some really big saves for this team, and in his last handful of starts, he has kept the cracking in each one, as has to the both goaltenders have put together really good individual performances in their last three to four outings. But, again, it's, it's a team sport, and, and it has not um, resulted in, in the wins and in the results in the standings that you'd like.
1: Let's fill in the blank right here. After seeing Riker Evans for three NHL games, his play has told you what?
2: Uh, I'd probably go shopping for some more winter clothes. Uh, <laughs> look, I, I mean, a lot has to happen. You know, he, he is taking the, the baton and he has ran with it. You know, you and I, we, we power around with a lot of the beat writers and the folks. Uh, who cover this team, and, and there was a general consensus among a lot of people uh, that when, if and when Riker Evans comes to Seattle, he can get rid of his apartment in Palm Springs because he's not going back. Um, and I think the way that he's played these first three games has told me that he's NHL ready. I think the seasoning that he got last year in the American League, I think being one of the last cuts, This fall in camp, I I think that put a little bit more of a burr in his saddle. And that's not a bad thing, right? It gives you that extra motivation to go down to the AHL level and continue to dominate. And he did that. And I think for for my money, if not for Ty Cartier, he's probably Rookie of the Year last year in the American Hockey League. Um, So, you know, you had probably the top two candidates in the same team. But I think for Riker Evans, you know, he played well with Dumoulin. Uh, in, his, in in two of the games. I thought he and Justin Schultz looked pretty well. Both Schultz and um, Evans are more offensively inclined. So I, I thought his game was a little bit more uh, tailored to him when he was with Dumoulin simply because you don't have that, that offensive side as much with Brian Dumoulin as you do with Justin Schultz. So I, I've loved the way that he's played these first three games he was given a lot of of rope and a lot of leeway and he ran with it so you know i am saying you know go uh go to filson grab yourself uh, a <laughs> couple of nice warm jackets. uh you can probably send the shorts back uh, because, for my money you gotta I, I keep those
1: now for for the 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 florida tampa bay and la trips now
2: that's actually that's true that's yeah. true so yeah the team going down uh to Florida, to California next week. So, yeah, maybe pick up a pair of shorts or two from your apartment when you go down there. But, uh, no, for my money, I, I, I don't see how. And, again, very small sample size. It's only been three games. But at, at this moment, with the injuries that have piled up, of course, Ryan, or, um, uh, Justin or Schultz got hit in the face of the puck a couple games ago. We still don't know his status, um, you know, w- what, what he's going to – if he's going to be in uh, or out tonight against Florida. But for my money, I think Laker Evans is is playing himself into the lineup.
1: All right. You had family hanging around here. Maybe a nice send off for mom going back home, uh, heading into today. How was family last few days?
2: It was good. It was really, really good man. So my, my mom was here for Thanksgiving. Um, and then she came back uh, here this week, got a really good deal, uh, on some airfare. And she actually brought, uh, Two of her co workers out to Seattle with her. So awesome. um, they were at both the games uh, this week, Saturday and Sunday. And then I've got a, a few cousins who live here in Seattle. Um, they live down in Renton. Um, and they actually went to their first Kraken game uh, against Minnesota. So I had them all up in the booth and uh, they were taking pictures and they were loving it. So, yeah. you know, be, being, being from Detroit and, and the same thing for my wife, right? All of our family. With the exception of of her sister who lives in LA and then her brother who lives in Sacramento all of our family is and friends are Cincinnati East so we don't get to see family a whole lot you know outside of holidays and um, it's always special it's always great whether it's for a day or for a week or however long it is so it was was a good few days and uh, you know now we'll we'll get back into the routine just the three of us, me, Shelly and Wes and We'll, we'll keep plugging away here.
1: Yeah, I missed uh, them up in the booth a couple of nights ago, but I think I knew who yeah. they were when they were parading right past my set with the big, huge Everett Fitzhugh fan club banner here. So I know we saw them. <laughs> I know they had a great time, man. I can't wait to see yeah. them back here too.
2: Oh, oh absolutely. My, my mom's uh, my, my mom, usually good for an Easter trip, right? <laughs> usually late March, early April, she gets a little stir crazy after yeah. the – the michigan winters and she wants a bit of a break so you never know we we may we may be seeing mama Fitz in another cracking game later on this
1: season oh cheers here to the turnaround and that we can uh see a playoff push when she gets right back here thanks so much buddy appreciate you
2: Anytime, we'll talk to you tonight
0: to mark up to center and he'll launch it on the empty net he scores and the panthers take a 3-1 lead and that- Net goal for the captain, and that should seal it here tonight. Second
1: matchup coming up, the Florida Panthers rolling in, and the guy behind the mic, our friend here to the Kraken Audio Network and Kraken this morning, he is Doug Plagin's radio play-by-play voice on the Panthers Radio Network back with us once again. Let's just say things are all right, Doug, on the good ship, Florida Panthers, I think. Last game out, things got pretty nasty between Nick Cousins and Erica Branson, but what kind of energy – did you think was seized from the start of the road trip here and that win in Columbus?
2: Well, the Panthers went on to this road trip, which, by the way, is a season-long five-game trip. The Panthers opened the trip up with that win in Columbus, as you mentioned, and they'll go to Seattle and Vancouver, Edmonton, and Calgary before the trip is through. So the Panthers now uh, starting a string of games against Western Conference opponents. But the Panthers were going into this trip on back-to-back wins over uh, over good hockey teams. The Panthers beat the Stars back on Wednesday night at home and then beat Pittsburgh on Friday night at home before going on the road and then open up the trip with a 5-2 win. And, it's you know, talking to the guys, talking to Paul Maurice, anytime you can open up a long road trip with a win, it just makes everybody – it's just good to be feeling good at that point in a road trip. So I think, uh, needless to say, Everybody's feeling pretty good. This team's rolling along. They've won three straight games and, and uh, feel pretty good about where their game is at. So that's kind of the long and short of it as to where this team is right now. Obviously, uh, Sam Reinhart coming off a four-point game there, had four assists in that win over Columbus. Alexander Barkov coming off uh, a three-point game, and he leads NHL forwards in plus-minus. So a lot of individual success stories as well go along with uh, with the team success that's taken place at the tune of a 17-8 and 2 record so far.
1: This took a while to get things settled, but looking like right now, the Panthers didn't skip a beat transitioning from last season into this one. So, a little over about a year in, what kind of identity have the Panthers taken on under Paul Maurice now?
2: Well, there's a lot of structure. They play a playoff style. They play a physical style. Uh, all four lines contribute. Uh, it's just a a really cohesive unit and it's been really cool to see the way that things have really taken hold uh, with Paul Maurice behind the bench and a huge credit also goes to Bill Vito and the Hockey Operations Department for identifying a lot of key players to uh, come into this lineup who've been able to seamlessly fit in um, you know looking at some new faces in this lineup. Evan Rodriguez has come in and just uh, fit perfectly. Kevin Stenland has come in and been one of the team's best faceoff men and penalty killers night tonight. Nico Mikola has come in on a multi-year contract, and Paul Maurice has said that he's a guy that plays exactly the way the team wants to play, and just uh, and just fits right in with the game. So again, uh, the the personnel has uh, the personnel fit has been outstanding, and it's been really great to see the the like I said the the hold that uh, Paul Maurice's system has really taken, and and the way this team has just taken off and. You touched on it a little bit, uh, you know, going on that deep playoff run, short off season. There's no doubt that defeat from last year stung. But at the same time, um, there's no question that that experience has benefited this team, is going to continue to benefit this team for a number of years to come. And coming into the year, obviously, there were a lot of people who had questions about the Panthers because there were some key injuries when this season started, the stem from that deep playoff run. This team didn't play a game until November 17th with all of Brandon Montour, Aaron Exblad, Sam Bennett uh, in the lineup, uh, you know, with, the, with this team. So, um, you know, it took a while to, to get uh, the full group uh, back in order. But, um, again, credit goes to the Hockey Operations Department for finding some some key guys to come in and, and help fill uh, fill some holes at the beginning of the year. It's been uh, it's been a good start for the team, and, and like I said, uh, they knock on wood, uh, gotten healthier as the season's gone along.
1: Yeah, more on that. Aaron Ekblad and Brandon Montour finally healthy on a blue line that's also seen a renaissance in Oliver Ekman Larson. Uh, in what ways are getting those two Ekblad and Montour back big here for the Panthers roster and blue line?
2: huge because they both play all situations you know you're going to see them on the ice in any situation in the game and you're going to see them on the ice for you know 20, 22, 24 minutes uh, in games routinely so these are guys that have great offensive instincts they help in the defensive end as well they're going to play every situation and they're going to play a lot and this defense group you hit on it right there they're deep and Oliver ekman Larson. Um, we can't talk about what this team's done in the early part of the year without mentioning Oliver ekman Larson because he's a guy that, like I said, one of those important guys that was identified to come in and, and help this team, especially early on with Montour and out on the lineup. Oliver ekman Larson is an elite passer from uh, from his own zone, making those outlet passes, but he also knows how to go out there and play 22, 24 minutes a night if he has to, and early in the season without Ekblad, without Montour, um, you know, he was able to, to step in and, and fill that role. And, and now it's just uh, with, with Ekblad-Montur back in, it's just turned into a, a really deep group of defense. So, um, as you know, if you, if you want to make it through the 82-game grind and if you have aspirations of making a deep playoff run, uh, you, need to be, you need to have a surplus of defensemen. And right now the Panthers have that.
1: You mentioned individual success stories. They continue. Matthew Kachuk, of course, gets the headlines by default. But Sam Reinhardt's play, though, is speaking a ton. Like, he wants a big part of the action as far as a spotlight. He's not far off Jonathan Huberto's pace of two years ago, Dougie. What kind of impact has he made this season?
2: Well, the thing with Sam, and he's been playing a lot with Alexander Barkov, and between the two of those guys, you have two of just the highest Hockey, IQ players that you're going to find anywhere, and I don't, and I know Barkov's won a selfie. I don't know that Sam Reinhart gets the credit he deserves for how solid of a two-way player he is, and he takes a lot of pride in that part of the game. And you know, we were talking to him today, and you feel like a lot of his uh, his offensive opportunities stem from just the the defensive responsibility he has and playing a sound two-way game the way that line has been rolling along, Barkov and Reinhardt have played uh, quite a bit together. And whether it's been Carter Verhaeghe or Evan Rodriguez over on that other wing, uh, Paul Maurice has the luxury of being able to rotate uh, a number of guys into a number of different spots and, and have it all fit pretty seamlessly. Um, you know, regardless of who's been on that other wing, that line has just been uh, at times just so difficult to get the puck away from. And the way they can cycle it and possess the puck in the offensive end it's it's been a work of art at times. And, uh, and, again, like I said, when you have two guys as defensively, as defensively responsible as Barkov and Reinhardt are, um, it's going to mean that you're going to have the puck a lot, and it's going to mean that you're going to have the puck in the offensive end a lot. They've been getting a lot of chances. Sam Reinhardt also has been absolutely lethal on the power play this season, seven power play goals this year. So, uh, again, whether it's been putting the puck in the net, or setting up his teammates he's been outstanding there from an the offensive side of things he's been really responsible as far as his two-way game goes and uh, he's just he's just putting up a monster year and it's been a lot of fun to see
1: Anthony Stolarz got the win in that Sunday giving Sergei Bobrovsky the day off but he hasn't needed many lately he led the league in wins last month how much can you describe the difference that he's made in that to begin the season
2: well, Sergei is just the ultimate pro, and goaltending is truly organizationally a position of strength for the Panthers. And as you know, um, you know if you're going to survive the 82-game grind, again, like I said about defensemen, if you're going to survive the 82-game grind and you have aspirations of making a deep playoff run, you want to be able to have a number of guys you can call on in your organization to win you a hockey game when you need one. But the Panthers, uh, with Sergei Bobrovsky, he's been as solid as it gets uh, in the net lately. He's on a personal four-game win streak, and uh, again, his uh, his save percentage lately has been outstanding, and the thing with Sergey, too, is he always has a knack for making the timely save, getting that big save when you need it most, regardless of what the complexion of the game looks like at that point in time. He has a, a knack for being able to make that uh, kind of game-changing save, if you will, and the way he goes about his business, and, and I'm sure you see this a lot when you see guys who who've been really good NHL players, great NHL players for a long time. And you see the way they go about their business every single day, whether it's a game day or a practice day, it just gives you even more appreciation. And that's Sergey Mabrowski. And you see the way that he prepares and how detail oriented he is in that preparation, even on off days, even on practice days, it just gives you such an appreciation for the for the type of player he that he is now and, and the type of player that he has been. and. And the uh, you know elite level that he's been able to maintain throughout his career, but he's been an absolute rock for the Panthers this season. And uh, his uh, his last start against the Pittsburgh Penguins on Friday, he was outstanding, especially early on when the Panthers needed him to make some big saves. They ended up winning that game three one, and uh, and certainly a lot of credit in that one goes to Sergei Bobrovsky because there were some stretches where the Penguins were getting some big chances, and it was not it wasn't just big scoring chances; it was big scoring chances from guys like Sidney Crosby uh, and Jake Gensel in that game and, and Sergei was called upon to make some huge saves at huge times and he was able to do that so he's been on a great individual role lately obviously we all saw what he did in the playoffs last year and the hand he had in the Panthers making that run at the top final so uh, again, Sergey bobrovsky has been just like I said, he's been outstanding for the Panthers lately. And uh, last game, Anthony Solar is really good too against Columbus. And that's been something this team's been able to feed on all season long, regardless of who it's been between the pipes. Uh, it's been, uh, it's not only been confident goaltending, but uh, a confident group out in front of them.
1: Great theater. Last time that these two met up, the Kraken dropped a 3 2 to feed out in Sunrise, Florida. Should be no different as far as theater. Dougie, great to have you back in Seattle. Thank you for doing this, and we'll see you up in the gondola this evening.
2: Always great to come back to the Pacific Northwest, and uh, looking forward to seeing you out at the arena. Thanks again for having me. All
1: right, Doug, thank you very much. That'll be fun seeing Doug upstairs once again here for this evening. Well, there you have it. That sets the scene. The Kraken still with plenty of hockey to go, looking to chip away at a five point deficit for the final wild card spot that held by Arizona. And among the teams are battling with Minnesota, Calgary, Edmonton, and St. Louis, all within four points or closer. So still very much a lot of hockey to go, but still very much a hotly contested race to stay around the playoff conversation. Florida won 3-2 back on October 28th in the first matchup. The Kraken looking for payback. This evening, beginning at seven o'clock. Again, hope you can join us. Everett now have the call for you. I'll join you once again back for the Coors Light landing in Section 20 of Climate Pledge Arena at 6:30 for the Coors Light pregame show. Talking Kraken as usual, presented by Newcomb Marine Adventures. Takes you all the way up to an hour after the final horn. And guess who's joining us? None other than TV play-by-play voice John forslin Yep. Yep, postgame means Johnny time is party time. I can't wait. You can't wait. He can't wait. We all can't wait for this. we got all the action for you coming up this evening. Talk soon. Thanks for joining us. Big thanks again to Everett You and Doug Plugins. And for Kraken this morning, I'm Mike Benton. Happy Tuesday.
0: You're home for the Kraken. Sports Radio
1: 93.3, KJR-FM.